Ketanji Brown Jackson would be the Supreme Court's biggest radical, says the New York Post. Dr. Alveda King asked the question, how can the dream survive if we murder our children? Evangelist Alveda King is here to discuss that. President Zelensky calls for a firm global response to Friday's missile attack on a train station crowded with women, children, and the elderly in the Donetsk region and a hub for civilians fleeing the east. Hope for Ukraine founder Yuri Borchenko will explain the plight of millions of Ukrainians. And then Keith Flaw and Pastor Rick Stevens on the parental rights in education bill versus the don't say gay bill. Have our schools become sex education centers and grooming centers for gender identity radicals? And why is Disney opposed to protecting young children? All that's coming up next, friends, on Viewpoint this Sunday. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news, providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the Weekend News Magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. This is Malcolm Outlaw here. Uh, One of the big uh, stories this week, uh, my fellow Americans, is the new Supreme Court uh, justice, and uh, that is uh, Kintanji Brown Jackson. Uh, Very controversial for a lot of reasons. I want to start right there and bring on Evangelist Alveda King is here to talk about that story. Uh, She's the executive director of the Civil Rights for the Unborn with Priests for Life and founder of Alveda King Ministries. Um, Alveda, it is so good to talk to you today. Welcome to Viewpoint. Malcolm, it is so great to reconnect with you. Your media outreach is very important now because people are looking for the truth and the facts, and I'm glad to join you this morning. Senator Lindsey Graham came out and said this. He said, every group that wants to back the court, that believes the court is a bunch of right-wing nuts who are going to destroy America, that consider the Constitution trash, all wanted the justice picked. He said this actually to the justice. He says, that is all I can say, that so many of these left-wing radical groups who would destroy the law as we know it, supported you is problematic for me. And he was referring to groups like this. He was referring to the American atheists. He was referring to a planned parenthood. He was referring to the National Education Association and the Southern Poverty Law Center. Um, what do you think about some of these comments? It, and it's and, and actually what she's been said is she's the most radical ever on the Supreme Court. I can understand those remarks completely. I do want to mention, though, I am a member of a group called Optimist International. We see a glass that is full of air. You can't see the air. The air is in there. Then you fill it to the halfway mark with water. And then you say, is it half empty or half full? What we have to go for now is the rest of the half full glass. We've got the Dobbs case, the heartbeat cases. All of these are happening. So even with an appointment by Miss Brown Jackson, who says that she doesn't know what a woman is. And I said, my goodness, how can you interpret mm-hmm. interpret a constitution fairly? And you can't even identify or define a woman. I wanted somebody to ask her, are you a woman? 
ma'am. Mm, that would have been a good follow-up to that, wouldn't it have been? Are you a woman? And that doesn't mean I'm indicating that she's anything else, but right. are you a woman? Right. So since she could not answer that question, since we do know that she has favored abortion and possibly this new move by President Biden for transgender surgery of minors. So that, of course, none of that is constitutional. It doesn't give the populations that are directly impacted, that baby in the womb is not gonna have life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. The child that removes surgically any parts of the biological body is not gonna have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So I understand, but still let's deal with my granddaddy, Daddy King would say, thank God for what we have left. We've got some justices and judges across this nation who are going to uphold the constitution. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We can keep praying. And, you know, she could even change her mind. You know, there was a lot of uproar in the Supreme Court when uh, President Trump had appointed uh, the three more conservative leaning justices is what happened. And, you know, instead of a moderate uh, justice um, in this particular case, they went more extreme. Was this, and, and, you know, you say, you know, maybe maybe it's not too bad of a deal. You're trying to be an optimist, of course, we understand that. But a lot of people were really enraged with this pick because they went so radical. They no, felt- it's a bad deal. It is a bad deal. I'm okay. not saying that, but what can we okay. do in the midst of the exactly. storm? It's a bad deal. I'm not trying to soften up what it is at all. Right. right. Let me but ask we- you this, uh, Elvita. Why do you think she made that? I'm just curious. I haven't asked anybody. Why do you think she made that comment of the woman did she think it was a gotcha question, do you think? Why, why did she respond in this? Because that, that was heard around the world, that comment she gave back. Why, why do you think that was? She had been coached. Uh, she seems to have much pride in her own intellect and ability to get around questions pretty easily. So she thought that was a smart response, but it had too many people really saying, wait a minute, did she really not know? So it probably is going to come back to bite her. Right. So I think she was having a lot of confidence in her own intellect. But okay. I, I, uh, you sent out uh, one of the most remarkable um, messages I have seen, and it got my attention uh, just here in the last day or so. And let me just read to listeners. It said this, right now in America, there is an understandable controversy surrounding the appointment of a new Supreme Court justice, the chosen candidate, poised to take the seat, is pro-abortion and to date has failed to define the state of womanhood. Now, then you say, and it really got me thinking this question I'd like to pose right now, how can the dream survive if we murder our children? And boy, that stopped me in my tracks, I have to tell you. Absolutely. Yeah, so how, how can we get the dream to survive if we're doing that? Well, the dream will not as long as we continue to look the other way, say nothing and do nothing. But there again, there are polls out now showing that over 50 percent of Americans do not agree with partial birth abortion because it's trying to come back up again. The case with the babies that were found uh, who appear to maybe even have been born alive and then killed. And so we, all of these things are concurring. When peripherals collide, convergence is imminent. So people are saying, wait a minute, they stole the babies. No, the point is the babies have been killed and they need autopsies. To stay focused and not be taken off track with emotional responses or deflections, because that's what many of these things are. And we have that going on in this country because uh, mm-hmm. the governor out west just signed a bill that made abortion even more rabid and more legal. 
But at the same time, you've got the heartbeat bills, you've got the Dobbs case. So let's continue to advance because we actually are winning. And if we can begin to be deflected by these really horrible, ugly, evil, tragic things, deal with the evil, but don't stop doing the good. Overcome evil with good. Well, you talk about uh, the winning, and that's interesting because I, I, I guess the more this stuff is out in the light of day, Alvita, the more it is exposed, in other words, for what it is. And, and let me connect a couple of dots here, because in that message you sent out, and I think listeners should know this, you talk about the, a, a massacre in a really, really is what it sounds like to me in a D.C. apartment. And you, you said added to this dilemma this week, America was horrified to see photos that revealed the mut- mutilated bodies of unborn babies, some of which were fully formed and possibly killed after birth that were being stored in Washington, D.C. apartment. And then you go on to the Colorado abortion bill. And you're speaking about in, in Colorado, again, the governor there signed into law the most radical pro-abortion bill in the history, which uh, is unbelievable that that happened in Colorado. Colorado's got some real odd politics these days. Mm-hmm. Let's connect the dots on these extreme things that happened this week, in addition to Kentonji Brown uh, Jackson's appointment. What we had was a triple hit. And the babies were in an apartment. An undercover agent had rescued the babies, secured the babies, and was going and is demanding that there be an autopsy on the body. That's why they were in a DC apartment. Those babies have been discovered and uh, brought to a secure place so that they could be brought forth as evidence that massacres of babies are still occurring on a, on a large scale in this country. So that's how they got in. Everybody says, well, why are they in an apartment? Is an abortion doctor hiding babies in his apartment? No, we do know Kermit Gosnell back in Philadelphia did that, had in his place when they raided it, hands and feet of aborted babies, partial birth that had been born basically alive, you know, so that does happen. So we want to clear up why the babies were, they were, they are evidence and autopsy should be conducted. Okay, on the case of the ruling, the governor signing that you can mm-hmm. do abortion all the way up to the moment you could be in labor, right. delivering a baby and mm-hmm. abort the baby. That is just extreme. That's outrageous. And Miss Brown Jackson's appointment at the same time. So this is three strikes. So what we did do, thank goodness, enough people are level headed to give the genuine facts as to what is happening. And as we do that, people are waking up and we've got an election coming, midterm election. People should vote for justice, for life, liberty, pursuit of happiness from the womb to the tomb. They should vote for the one critical race, the human race, which is one blood. We all believe the same. There is a critical race. It's called the human race. And then ethnicities are different. Skin color is different. We are one race. If we can keep focused on these truths and vote accordingly and continue to ask God to give us the truth and bless us, then we still are winning. Yeah. Alvita, what is behind these um, these comments about uh, Kentucky Brown uh, Jackson and the claims of her, uh, the pedophilia, letting these um, evil uh, people off? Uh, uh, she has a record of this. Uh, have you looked at this? What is behind all of this with, with this woman, I'm saying? What we have with her, and I'm going to mention one other name, Senator Raphael Warnock mm-hmm. in Atlanta, Georgia, who's in the Senate now. And uh, people, he has a a good competitor against them. He did the same thing. Look the other way on pedophiles. Mm -hmm. Let's them off, gives them a soft bump. And that's what she has done in her history. And so it's misplaced compassion. You give the compassion 
to the one, the perpetrator and you forget about the victims. Now, it is true that the perpetrators may have been victimizing their life too, which may have created what they are, but you do not throw away the victim, the children. Our children are under siege in America and around the world, whether it's pedophilia, whether it's abortion, uh, whether it's transgender surgery when they're minors, right. all of this. And they've been in sex trafficking, human trafficking, boys and girls, by the way. So anybody who has misplaced compassion, I'll call it that, it is evil. You cannot do evil and expect good to come out of it. That's not going to work. You, you know, we talk about Kentucky Brown Jackson, you talk about Warnock, and there are many others, again, and you, you, the word evil just comes up. You talk about kids, and you talk about pedophilia, human traffic, and sex traffic, and all these things. How is it that this comes under the guise of people that look respectable? I mean, they put their clothes on the same way as the rest of us. They're out in the public. They're in public office. They're, you know, they're part of society, as, as we know. Yet we're talking some of the most evil, evil components of life that they would target our young people in such a way. How, how, do, how do we make sense of all that in today's society that these, I'm talking men and women of society that put themselves off as better than many others of the rest of us, yet they have these sort of targets on their back. Help me make sense of that. The only way for evil to breed evil, because evil cannot procreate. Evil cannot come together one man with one woman in a sacred holy matrimony and make children. So they have to breed. Evil breeds in a very evil way. You heard me ask that question, who hurt Margaret Sanger? You've heard me ask that before. Who hurt her? Who wounded her? Who did such evil things to her that she had to do so much evil that all these years later, nearly 7 million innocent American babies have been aborted because of evil. So when this evil happens in life, we see this now in the foster systems as well of America. Mm -hmm. These little innocent children get put into foster systems. They're abused, they're hurt, they're used. So we have to, the abuse has to stop. But one major culprit, and, and you maybe didn't expect me to say this, the, the, the people of God, the pastors, the leaders, the deacons, the members, the church people, mm -hmm. they come to church with us every Sunday and they're sitting among our congregation. And we look the other way. We might even know about it. So we have individually, we have obligations. The government is not going to be able to solve this. The government is entrenched. That's mm -hmm. where you get systemic evil, systemic racism, passing bills to abort babies, passing bills to do transgender surgery. That's that's systemic racism. Mm -hmm. That's evil. Yeah. So we have to stop it. But it has to begin with us, Malcolm, and you allowing me to come on your show and tell the truth. The way I look at all of this, it's like an assault on society. And I say that it because is. take a look at the parental rights education bill in Florida, for as an example. And you see Disney coming out. You talk about an assault and Disney comes out and yeah. supports that as radical as it is to teach the kids these kinds of policies. Uh, what do you make of all that? And why does Disney soil continue to soil their reputation with families in this way? Because we, the people, allow them to do it, spend the money, go to Disney World, pretend that the rest is not happening. It is time to tell the truth. The silver lining is truth on that cloud. The glass is half full. Let's fill it up with truth. 
We have to tell the truth and act accordingly. Certain places I will no longer go. Certain things I will not communicate with or Mm -hmm. take part in. And then I thank goodness have a platform. I'm able to write it and say it. But all of us, if you're on social media and you're listening to me, folks, and we will be shadow banned and things like that. But begin to tell the truth. Tell it in groups when you collect. Come back together. Uh, COVID shut us down for a minute and we were angry with each other and suspicious of each other but that's hey let's come back into the light and tell the truth does good win this fight good always wins that's what i wanted good to hear you say wins. right yeah. because god is good, that's good it. Yes. so but we can take nothing for granted though do our part in every generation and every decade and every day yeah. Elvita King, you are a treasure. You're a national treasure. Thank you for joining me here. God bless you, my friend. Till next time. With much gratitude, Elvita King. Well, listen, there's good news. Immune Super Boost is back in stock at Healthy Cell. And this is uh, the two things I'm going to mention to you now are the best way to stay healthy through all of these activities that are going on. Superbugs, viruses, diseases, SARS-CoV-2, you name it. Immune Super Boost is is an amazing product. It's a micro gel, comes in a little package. You can take it right out of the package into your mouth or put it in water, a couple ounces of water, which is what I do. So I take some other things with it. And this microgel, now this is a maximum absorption we're talking about in your body of vitamin C, vitamin D3, zinc, echinacea extract, elderberry extract. Uh, you get the picture. All the things we knew help fight this, uh, these kinds of problems. And the thing is, it's about your immune system, keeping it healthy. So you definitely want to have immune super boost is a daily thing you want to be taken. There's nothing like this uh, out on the market. That's why we support HealthyCell.com forward slash out loud. All our listeners get 20% off that first order. Or you can click the banner ad back at AmericaOutloud.com. No matter how you get there, get Healthy Cell and get Immune Super Boost. It's, it's one of the best products and with a whole host of products from Healthy Cell. That combined with a another product that you must know about, Cofix RX. Uh, remarkable. We've been talking for some time about the povidine iodine in the nasal cavity because that's where you kill the problems, the superbugs, the viruses, SARS-CoV-2, everything. You get it in the nasal cavity and then it doesn't get into your respiratory system, doesn't get into your lungs. And from there, there can be some real problems as we've seen from all the deaths in uh, SARS-CoV-2. This product is uh, already diluted for you. So you don't have to dilute the povidine iodine. It's done for you. That's it's in, it's in the product that you squirt into your nose and the nasal cavity. Uh, and again, the povidine iodine, there's a post on americaoutloud.com on the left sidebar partway down from Dr. Peter McCullough, which gets into the whole povidine iodine. It's the most shared post ever on the network because of the povidine iodine. And people want to know. So this product is terrific because it's got the guessing game already out of it for you uh, with uh, uh, Cofix RX. All our listeners get 20% off of that order. Uh, just CofixRx.com forward slash out loud, or you'll see the banner ads back at AmericaOutloud.com. Just click those. You get in there, get your order. Of, uh, you get five bottles or more. You get free shipping as well. Check it all out cofixrx.com forward slash out loud. This will become part of our daily regimen moving forward now for all of us. 
It's a fact. Up next on Viewpoint this Sunday, Yuri Boyacheco, the uh, founder and president of Hope for Ukraine, will join us. This is an important conversation coming up on both what's going on on the ground there in Ukraine and the humanitarian needs as well. I'll stay right there. More Viewpoint in just a moment. You've been in that situation. The person next to you is sniffling or worse yet, <clears throat> coughing. Flu, cold, and SARS-CoV-2 are everywhere. Would you like an additional layer of protection to reduce these threats with an invisible mask? Sold by hundreds of pharmacists and medical doctors, our American-made povidone iodine antiviral nasal spray, Cofix RX, lasts for hours deactivating viruses and germs that make us sick. Find a retailer near you or buy online at cofixrx.com. America Out Loud listeners use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds, one second less than a goldfish. If you find yourself always distracted or having trouble recalling information, you're likely to fall behind in the demanding, fast-paced 21st century. In other words, brain performance is more critical now than ever. Boost your brain power with Healthy Cells Focus Plus Recall. Science-backed nootropics to sharpen focus, concentrate longer, enhance recall, improve mental speed, learn rapidly, and be more alert. It's a pill-free brain supplement made with maximum absorption technology designed to feed our brains at the cellular level. Take it for a test drive. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Focus Plus Recall. That's HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Well, our next story here is surely one that is global, and that is what's happening in Ukraine. Uh, thrilled and excited to have on here. Yuri Boyacheco is with us. He's the founder, president of Hope for Ukraine. Now, let me tell you about Hope for Ukraine. It's a, it's a nonprofit that serves individuals and families of the poorest communities in Ukraine. This organization, coincidentally, started in 2016, so it's fascinating that if there ever was a time for Hope for Ukraine, that time is now. Uh, that that moment is surely not lost on me, and I'm sure it's not lost on you either here. Let's start with the, the conflict right now as it is here. We're talking about this invasion now from Russia, which began, it's hard to imagine, but it was on February 24th. It's forced that we see about more than 4 million people have had to, you know, fled or flee the, the conflict. And many of them have gotten caught in that crossfire and they've left their homes, they've left their lifestyles and everything to try to seek safety. Uh, some have gotten through, others have not. Most people headed to Poland. Give us a sense of people, the fear. I want to talk about the human elements of the people. Nobody really talks about that when it comes to Ukrainians. The fact all across the country, their homes, their lives have been uprooted. What's the sense of people out there, please? So uh, what we see right now is the worst humanitarian crisis since World War II. So uh, Friday, we've seen this uh, just barbaric attack on the train station in Kramatorsk, uh, Donbass region. So uh, by the numbers that I'm hearing, there was about 3,000 people in that station that were ready to evacuate because what we see on the ground in Ukraine is that Russians pull out of Kiev region and now they're regrouping and it's going to be a big battle for Donbass. Mm -hmm. That's going to be coming in the next five to seven days. So right now, 
everybody who still left in that region and you, you you're talking about millions of people they still there there and a lot of people ask me like why do that they, they don't evacuate it's because it's just so many people so like yeah uh, like uh, on friday when we had uh, uh, this this bombing we actually been in contact with one family that lived nearby and uh, because we have a, a, a refugee center in Lviv, Ukraine, which is right next to Polish border, where we have a lot of people who fled uh, Donbass, fled Kharkiv, fled uh, Kherson region, and they stay in there. So we actually had a family that had loud ones uh, near Kramatorsk that lived there. So once that bombing took place, we jumped on the phone on Friday and tried to arrange for them to leave so we were able to scramble together two cars of people uh, which eight fit eight people and then we were able to get them out of there so they're on their way to to Lviv as we speak so just so you understand that to get from east to west right now the the trip that would usually take in maybe uh, like it's maybe you know 24 hours 20 hours drive now it might take them three days mm-hmm. because yeah. there's just so much logistics and so much blo- blog post and so much so the fear is 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 unbelievable the mm-hmm. people that's left behind they're behind because number one they have no cars they have no vehicles to get out number two they have nowhere to go Right, right. Well, it would be equivalent, uh, Yuri, it would be equivalent to saying, okay, let's all evacuate the state of Texas. Yes. Right? I mean, that would be an impossible thing to do. And some would try, but many would be left behind. Let me circle back to that train incident there. Uh, And uh, as I understand, about 52, and that number may still rise, uh, accounted as as dead already in that. You're right. There were thousands there. Those numbers could have been even graver. The mayor says probably estimates of about 4,000, they're thinking, uh, were there. Uh, the targeting of civilian areas is one of the more complicated parts of this story, uh, speaking about war criminals and you shouldn't be targeting uh, civilians. And we're seeing that in a lot of areas. Uh, we, we, you know, we see what happened with, with, the, with the Bucha area, right? That was, uh, uh, yes. uh, I mean, that was remarkable there. Uh, so the, this, with the train thing, how do people, I mean, nobody's safe there, clearly, with the evacuations going on and, and all, but... I, I would imagine people have fear all in them, knowing their life is at risk at any moment. They could be killed with these missile attacks. It looks like the Donbass region is going to become, as you just stated, the center of that. That appears to be your, uh, that uh, Putin's, he looks at that, many are thinking, as his, uh, his to take, as his winnings and all of this, when they finally come to the table and have to compromise at the very end. He's probably looking to secure that area as part of Russia. Is that is that what you sense? Yeah. So if you look back before the February 24th, you know, uh, they had this whole thing where they took Lugansk and, and Donetsk region to be a part of Russia. Right. And they see that whole region because remember the 2014, uh, they took part of those uh, areas, but Ukraine held another part. So, but in Russia mind, they feel like they, uh, they need to have the whole area. So what they're going to try to do in upcoming weeks is trying to push the border all the way to the end of both Lugansk and Donetsk region, 
meaning that they're going to try to push uh, Ukrainian army out of those two uh, regions to, to secure uh, and bring under their control. So that's what they're doing. And the reason why they're attacking so many civilian targets is because they like to rule by fear. What they're doing is they're trying to instill fear in civilians and uh, just destroy infrastructure where, uh, you know, when they want when, when they're going to take it over, you know, there's going to be no much civilian resistance and stuff like that. And what this bombing, train bombing on Friday did is it, it created a, a much more difficult way for us to work with evacuation people from that, those particular regions is because people are so in fear now. Mm-hmm. And then most of them are afraid to leave the bomb shelters. Right. So if, you go, yeah. if you go through the trauma like this, right. it's, it's, we have people who stand in our uh, uh, center Every every night, even though the Lviv region is not being bombed, but they go to the bomb shelter that we have on the property to sleep. Because once you go through this kind of experience, right now the people in Donbass they are uh, who are trying to leave, they are they are hiding in the in the basements, and they're afraid to to leave the house because they don't know if. As soon as they get out, they're going to hit by another missile. Well, clearly these so, people have been traumatized and they're going to, you know, PTSD is going to be, I mean, I'll tell you the traumatization of, of millions and millions and millions of Ukrainians is going to be the result of this war uh, f- with no doubt for sure here. I want to talk to you about the Russian propaganda campaign that is playing out, which you sort of alluded to a moment ago, Yurik. Uh, the, um, the Russia's uh, defense ministry, um, they denied responsibility, by the way, for that attack. Now, listen to this. They deny everything, it seems, but they said that missile struck the station uh, was not theirs. They're saying it was the Ukraine's military that did it, uh, if you can believe that. And in fact, they put on Russian state television, they described the attack as a bloody provocation by Ukraine. What do you say to that? I mean, that's all they, they're, they're professional liars. And uh, if you look <laughs> through the history, uh, the same thing happened. And in Chechen war, if you remember back in the right. 90s, that conflict, they actually used the same missile. So the missile that they use is called Tochka U, right? So basically the reason why they use this missile is because that missile, both Ukrainian forces and Russian forces, they, they have as a part of their uh, arsenal. Mm-hmm. So they use that particular missile to strike the stations to blame uh, Ukraine for it. Right. And then the same thing, if you go back in the 90s, when the Chechen war started, there was the big uh, attack, I remember, on the market over there in Hrozny, and they actually followed the same playbook. So these guys have the same playbook they've been playing like from conflict to conflict, where, but at this point, you know, the, the times has changed. Like what you could do in the 90s when there was no internet, there was no Instagram, there was no Twitter, there was no uh, media accessible like right. now you can sell that uh, uh, baloney to people because they had no access to, to, to truth right now what happened on Friday we actually uh, seen that reports right before this went out they put out the statement I think on one of the Russian uh, military Twitter accounts or something like that that okay we, we are striking Ukrainian forces uh, uh, based near the 
train station that they actually put that tweet out. And then when they realized they hit the wrong target, they took it down. So at this day and age with them, everybody has cell phones and cameras and videos. It's really hard to, to, to sell that, uh, that uh, bologna that they're trying to sell. But I mean, they always, they always say that yeah. that's not them. That, that we hear. Well, that, that's, like, their, that's what they always do. You're exactly right. Talk about the people. Now you have folks right on the ground there with hope for Ukraine, even with that train attack there. You, do you understand you have folks right there? And what, what is the role that Hope for Ukraine is playing throughout the country? So we have a network of, uh, I'd say, maybe hundreds of volunteers. So right now we are tackling two major things. Number one is refugees. Mm-hmm. Number two is food crisis. So uh, the food crisis is really serious issue that Ukrainians are facing right now because even the parts of Ukraine that were liberated from Russian forces, the infrastructure and supply chain has been completely destroyed. Well, so we've been hearing no, the reports about Maripol as well. All the people there that were starving, they couldn't get food into Maripol, right? Yes. So I don't know if you've seen, but, you, you know, that picture that's been uh, making rounds about these two boys that their mother died out of starvation mm-hmm. in a basement uh, few, the, few, a few days ago in, in Kiev region. So basically what we're trying to do now is we're buying food in Poland and we bring in trucks full full of food. In the last uh, three weeks, we bought and delivered uh, about 120 tons of food yeah. to Ukraine. So it comes wow. to Lviv, and from there we have volunteers who come on vehicles from different parts like Kharkiv, Dnipro, Kherson uh, uh, region. Then we have people from Chernihiv. Basically, in the last three weeks, we've probably seen we went almost to every Mariupol is hard to get in. So we've never been there. Right. Because it's right. Just, well, it was, it's cut off from everything and you, you <laughs> yeah. can't get in or out there from what we understand. People, let me give the site now. They can go to hopeforukraine.net. Uh, it's, it's a great site, a lot of information there. And people can help out right, right at that website. Is that correct? Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, Every little bit counts because right now we are racing against time as far as providing food for people uh, of Ukraine because we've, like, I'm never going to forget, we sent uh, uh, a van of food to Chernihiv and um, that's the city that has been 70% of it destroyed. So right. uh, there's no more Russians there, but, you know, this this van of uh, our volunteers drive through and we see this older lady right. standing on the side and waving like you like you wave for taxi right right and when right. they stopped they asked what, what what do you need she's like i need some food i have nothing to eat right well so and, and i'm that, sure that problem is multiplied all over the country i mean you can correct. just see that because of the way they're hitting it let me end with the conclusion. I want to get to a, a bigger point here about uh, how long this goes on. So you're providing food, water, humanitarian needs for lots of people out there is what the group is doing. They are saying there are reports that this war could go on for years, although there's you know supposed peace talks uh, that keep getting happening and stalling. And, but it's sort of a game that's being played out there, probably because Putin has tried to amass his much uh, as he can uh, before this thing comes to a conclusion. 
I am sure. Um, the Kremlin said uh, on Friday its operation could end in the foreseeable future with its aims being achieved by the Russian military and peace negotiators. Now, and of course, the Donbass region is going to be what I mentioned a little bit earlier. There is the, the prize they're trying to secure to get that land bridge uh, to Crimea and so on and so forth. Who's winning the war right now, Yurik? Who, who, bottom line, I, I'm hearing all kinds of reports and everybody claims something. Who's really winning this thing right now and how does it end? So uh, I, I want to be cautious uh, <laughs> to, to make predictions, but in my opinion, it's right now a scale uh, shifting toward the Ukrainian side because uh, like you've seen in the news, a bunch of countries stepped in and delivering heavy weaponry. Mm -hmm. So after Russians pulled out of Kiev, so that part of army and forces they had there, number one, they demoralized. Number two, you, if you study art of war, usually when you pull the forces out of, um, out of uh, battle, you know, they need like two, three weeks to mentally recover, recuperate, right? So they, they are in a rebuilding mode. And uh, we have an upper hand. So right now, it's a matter of time how long it's going to take them to regroup. Like uh, I've seen reports, they are looking to recruit 60,000 uh, uh, people uh, right. uh, to, to join their forces. So if we can get a good weaponry, if we can get right positions, I think uh, we will win this war. Really, uh, congratulations to you and, and Hope for Ukraine for all the work you're doing. The website, again, is hopeforukraine.net. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, COVID has changed the way we think. It's changed the way we live. Uh, and, you know, moving forward, I think people are going to be far more alert when it comes to superbugs, when it comes to influenzas, when it comes to these viruses, SARS-CoV, these kinds of things. Uh, you know, we've got to all protect our loved ones, our families. Uh, enter in the Genesis Fogger. So what this does, it's, a, it's an amazing piece of equipment that you put HOCl, the hypochlorous acid, into the fogger. And it puts a dry mist and it kills the pathogens in the room. I mean, this is far better than any mask that doesn't work that you would use. So whether it's public or private, because now we use it in our homes, we use it in businesses, you put the fine mist in the ear, kills all the pathogens in the area, far more effective than wiping things down. Uh, it works, it's effective, and it's something you want to check out here. It's a lot of information back on the website. Uh, you just go to genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud, where there are some banner ads back at americaoutloud.com. Use the code out loud. Our listeners get 15% off that fogger. Use that code out loud and you'll be entitled to that. There's Genesis Fogger is an absolute game changer in the way we think and the way we act. And it gives us a sense of security for our families and our businesses. So I want you to check that out. Genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud. We'll join you on the other side. You're listening to Viewpoint This Side. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. In today's world, there's no escaping the headlines filled with warnings about emerging viruses and dangerous superbugs. Genesis is the only technology that safely and effectively obliterates harmful pathogens both on the air and on surfaces. 
Genesis plus HOCL neutralize these threats to your environment in just seconds. Find out more about this amazing technology at genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a 15% discount. With Genesis, you'll be prepared for what's next. At the center of the debate next is how the children should learn about sexual orientation and gender identity. You know, there was an awful lot exposed throughout the pandemic, to be sure. And it's opened up a lot of people's minds because they've seen now in the uh, light of day what exactly is being taught in the school system. And many of us have speculated this for, for some time here. So last month, uh, Florida lawmakers passed a bill forbidding educators from offering instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity uh, in kindergarten through grade three. Now think about it now. We're talking about these are the little, little, little ones now. Kindergarten, right? Through grade three. And this is when their minds, children, are very pliable, and it makes a huge difference. I mean, you know, it's often said by the time a child is 10, uh, that's it. They're going to be what they're going to be. So that kind of factors in here a bit as well. So Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida has certainly caught the national headlines, uh, as he typically does, actually, on this particular one, when he signed the Parental Rights in Education Bill uh, into law on uh, March 28th. Of course, they labeled it, many on the uh, political aisle on the other side, don't say gay bill became the talking point for the media, and that became controversial in itself here. Uh, joining me on the program now to talk about all this is the uh, co-founders of the Florida Citizens Alliance, who have absolutely been on the front lines of this and so many other uh, battles, really, for our families and our children. Uh, Keith Flaw is here as a managing director of Florida Citizens Alliance. Uh, and again, Florida Citizens Alliance is an a- advocate for K through 12 education reform in the state and remarkable uh, uh, success they've been having. Uh, Pastor Rick Stevens also joins us. He's also the other co-founder of the Alliance. And it's a pleasure to have both of you on. And uh, let's start with this debate here as I lay it out. So the there was a statement in the uh, Washington Post that says the bill that liberals inaccurately call don't say gay should be more accurately described as an anti-grooming bill. Uh, this is the DeSantis governor's office spokeswoman uh, put that out there uh, in March. Uh, In response to questions from the post, she elaborated, those who read the bill and decide they do support teaching kindergartners about sexuality and gender transition may or may not be trying to exploit children themselves, but by sexualizing young kids and normalizing sexual conversation between adults and children, they are contributing to an environment that endangers children by exposing them to inappropriate content while he wrote in parental rights. Now, Keith, a lot of this did come out throughout the pandemic when people really understood, you know, when I was going to school at that age, my golly, I was playing with little trucks in the sand and they were playing with Barbie dolls, GI Joes and uh, simple stuff enough. We really had no idea what this was about. Boy, how, how times have changed. Have our schools become, uh, for a better way, sex education centers, or some people call them grooming centers for gender identity radicals? Is that a, is that a fair question or not? Well, I think it's not only a fair question. I think it's an absolute uh, fact. Um, you may recall, Malcolm, that four years ago we did, uh, almost four years ago, we did a, a deep study that was uh, inspired by parents and grandparents on 
novels that were being used throughout Florida in our public schools. We just updated that last uh, last year and in the fall. Uh, we went out to all 67 counties with a list of 58 novels um, that uh, were full of um, sexually explicit material. Uh, 20% of those 58 novels were LGBTQ novels, some of them for as young as pre-K, so three-year-olds. Uh, so we've documented, and, and we did that public records request with the Pacific Justice Institute. And so now uh, Broward County refused to comply. Uh, we sued them last July and they complied. So now we have that data for all of the, the school districts in Florida. And again, I remind uh, uh, our listeners that uh, 20% of those 58 novels are LGBTQ novels. Some, again, as young as uh, K through five. Now, one of the one of the arguments the uh, uh, the left has is, well, they're in the media centers and there's no no guarantee that they're being used. Um, well, the, the whole point of having a, a a media center is to have reference materials that teachers do use. So, um, and and uh, Pastor Rick and I, uh, on a slightly different note, get involved in. Uh, the, the people who are trying to get the Hope Scholarship because their children are being uh, abused by this uh, indoctrination. And uh, we have, you know, several cases in the recent months of, of uh, uh, one in particular in Broward County where a second grade teacher in a Montessori school, charter school, was teaching an LGBTQ class to second graders. And I won't get too explicit about what happened, but uh, one young boy decided to act out and uh, grabbed another little boy inappropriately and screamed to the crowd that when we get when we get uh, when we become adults, we're going to get married. When we get older, we're going to get married. Um, that kind of stuff is is um, is being enabled certainly by uh, the materials uh, that are happening. Uh, we see many of these school districts. That are putting in place a great gay pride month uh, uh we have examples of those materials being posted in um in in schools throughout florida and a policy in place to to uh you know prevent parents from even knowing what's going on so i would argue with uh with with fact and passion that this is happening in our schools and this bill goes uh a long way towards addressing that Left mm-hmm. my own devices, I would have preferred to see it be at least K through six, but uh, right, K through three right. is a good start. Right, that's a good point to say. What age do you cut off or not? Uh, interesting. Uh, Pastor Rick Stevens, you had told the Washington Post your quote was this: "We don't have any evidence that it's happening either deliberately or accidentally." Uh, not really understanding, knowing what their motives are, of course. But you go on to say, but anytime you start to desensitize kids and normalize certain behaviors, uh, well, then it makes it easier for someone who wants to recruit them for sex trafficking or anything else because the kids don't know the difference. It's a very viable point. Let me, this is a tough one, but let me throw out to you now, Pastor Rick, what, what is really behind this when you talk about, and, and this is all over the country now, it's California, it's Tennessee, it's Texas, New York, it's everywhere. What's really the motives here to get, I mean, I really try to make sense of it, to get these young people to really understand, you know, to teach them this at that age. I think a lot of parents never even knew this was happening. What's the motive behind this? What are they trying to accomplish? 
Well, obviously, they're trying to step in the gap, what they think is a gap between the parents and the children, and teach the children things that they think the children need to know, because otherwise they won't know. They, they obviously don't have the well-being of children in mind because they aren't doing what will help children thrive as kids. They're not protecting their innocence. They're, in fact, invading that and destroying it. And I think the illustration that Keith used over the little boy who's, who made that kind of misbehavior in class illustrates the point completely. These kids don't know right from wrong at that point. They don't know what behaviors are right and what behaviors are wrong. They're just not old enough to understand that. And so they assume whatever they hear at school must be right because their parents send them to school and say, listen to your teachers and do what you're told. And so kids respond to that. In the meantime, the parents don't know what's going on because the parents would have no expectation that the schools would step over that kind of a line and teach these kinds of things to their kids. And so the kids are left to, to flounder. And so when the kids flounder, then that gives the schools more opportunity to step into the gap because they're the only ones that know what's really being taught. And then they can persuade the kids to one set of beliefs or guide them in a different way. And who knows what kind of havoc that brings about. And into such chaos, then they can step in as though the government and whoever else is in charge can solve all the problems and get everybody to look to them for the solution. It is a colossal mess. And we need to sort this out and we need parents to be very aware of what's going on. Do not assume that your kids are being told only the things you want them to hear. You must take definitive action to protect your children because it's very difficult to, to know and even to predict mm -hmm. what might be going on in their classrooms today. This is all now out in the light of day throughout the pandemic, homeschooling, people were seeing now what was really being taught, what was happening. How long has this been really going on, this point of them pushing this on to the, to the little ones? Is this a new development in past months over the past year or two, or does this go back further, please? No, we don't think it's new at all. We think it's just now coming to light and people are becoming more aware of it. We've heard things like this for years now, and we've tried to get at it. We've, we've been working for a number of years in the state legislature to improve some of this and to get the legislature to take more definitive action. So we're convinced it's been going on for, oh, it could easily have been going on for 10 years. Okay. It's difficult for us to know exactly when it started, but it's not new. Yeah, uh, one of the 58 novels that's on our list is for 10-year-olds, mm -hmm. so it would be a fourth grader. Uh, but it's it's perfectly normal that is full of cartoons of sexually explicit act actions. Uh, that book is in its 20th printing, Malcolm. So this has been out there at least wow. uh, for 20 years. Right, that's a good point. I want to talk to you more about the books, but I want to talk about Disney next, Keith, and direct towards you here. Interesting development. And, you know, it, it's, let me, it's hard to imagine. It's hard to really understand why an organization like Disney, which at one time would protect, I mean, you couldn't even wear a shirt that was cut off and expose your tummy. I mean, that would have been against the rules uh, back in the day. I mean, they had a strict requirement for their workers and certain uh, attire. And uh, I, you really can't understand why Disney throws their hat into the ring and gets involved into this. But let me say this, just in the last couple of days, I think it was on Friday, 
uh, there was a video circulating with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of protesters gathered outside of Disney headquarters in uh, California, that is, uh, that has gone viral even. And showing people holding up signs and placards chanting, boycott Disney, boycott Disney. And this for a lot of people that are upset out in the West Coast about what's happening there. Uh, been viewed hundreds of thousands of times the video. Uh, and um, the, the question they're asking is one woman that they say in a video, has, has Disney gone full woke? Has Disney gone full woke, Keith? What's what's behind Disney's support of this? Well, it's hard for me to imagine what's behind it. But they, in my view, they have clearly become uh, woke. Um, what's going to be and, and it originates out of California as a kind of an aside. Uh, there's a recent study that says 27% of the high school girls in uh, California believe they can self-determine their gender. Um, comprehensive sex education, which is putting sex education into every grade level in every uh, uh, type of subject matter, originated out of California. Now 29 states have adop adopted comprehensive sex education. Uh, we're finding evidence of it in at least uh, a number of counties here in Florida. So this is, uh, I mean, th this is a, a movement by the, the far, far left. Why a company like Disney would lose it, 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 itself, yeah. uh, lose its soul mm -hmm. to, to, to undermine what's, what's best for young children, uh, you know, it, it, your guess is as good as mine, Malcolm, yeah, but it's yeah, just beyond yeah. the That is a great way to say it, actually. I applaud you. Lose their soul. I hadn't heard it put that way, but I, but I like the way you phrased that, Keith. Uh, here's the thing, uh, Pastor Rick. So, all right, Disney comes out, and they have vowed to help uh, Florida's this law here, it's, which is, by the way, HB 1557. Uh, again, uh, they're saying they're going to help repeal it. Uh, the company's public opposition to the new law, uh, the CEO, Bob Chapek, says uh, uh, he criticized, uh, well, he said they should have spoke out sooner, is what he said, uh, and kind of damned the whole Florida Senate and the whole movement, said he's going to put five million bucks into the thing to protect the LGBTQ rights. They've made it about that. So they've made it about LGBTQ plus rights, Keith, when it was really about you know, the sensitizing or de desensitizing of the children. What do you make of that, in your opinion, with Disney? Uh, you know, as Keith said, they lost their soul. They got involved in the fight. Will this cost them dearly in the end, do you think? Well, it remains to be seen how much it will cost them in the end. But in the short term, it's definitely costing them. And we hope people have a long memory because this <laughs> kind of stuff has been going on with Disney for a long time. Some of us remember that. And the curious thing is that they're trying to frame this bill, as you have said, by calling don't say gay. Yeah. And you rightly said the bill is HB 1557. Anybody can go on the Florida House website and read the bill. I admit reading legislation is sometimes mind numbing, but this is a four page long bill. Mm -hmm. And the changes are underlined or strikeouts are included. It is not hard to understand. If people would just simply go and look at that, they will discover how badly they've been lied to by Disney and all the rest of them. This is clearly a good thing for children and why a company like Disney will risk its standing in the marketplace, why they will attack their best and most loyal customers. is just beyond belief. Yeah. People need to look for themselves and not get caught up in the rhetoric. Make sure you don't accept the lies of some of these people and read it for yourself. It's right there on the My Florida House website. Anybody can read it. Anybody can understand it. It's not that complicated. 
Yeah. There is uh, so much more to this story. I, I really uh, think, I mean, there's so many other pieces to this. I really would enjoy inviting um, both uh, Keith and, and you, Pastor Rick, back on uh, a program to have more time to, because there's so much. I mean, the results of the pandemic, what that did, the books, Keith, that you've been talking about, uh, how that's propagating through the education system. I mean, signs in the classrooms that the teachers and the principals with the LGBTQ signs uh, that they just want to make this normal behavior uh, and is really what it is. And there's some interesting stats, Keith, in regards to this population, which I, I find I didn't even realize it was this much. And, and let me give you the last word, Keith, on this. Here is a Gallup poll, which just released last month here, uh, showed, uh, uh, listen to this, a record number. I mean, this is historical, really, but 7.1% identify as LGBTQ. So that's growing significantly. This tells you that the indoctrination and the the desensitization is working, Keith. 21% of Generation Z, uh, those born between 97 and 03, are reporting they are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. Uh, that's that's remarkable. That's almost one in every four. There's some troubling signs there, Keith. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I go back to a point that Pastor Rick made. Uh, you know, these are taking young children who don't really know right from wrong. They're, they're forming their uh, you know, their, their basic character and, and to be told by uh, a teacher or a school district that this is perfectly normal uh, to, uh, to, to, to determine your own gender, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's just beyond, beyond pale. I, I, I don't know how to articulate it any better than why would you want to destroy the innocence of a young child? Um, unless your motivation is to destroy family values, period. And frankly, I believe that's what it's all about. It's about the left really wanting to destroy the family. I mean, I don't know what other motivation there would be, Keith, but then to destroy the structure of the family and desensitize these kids so that those ever-growing numbers, by golly, that'll be the surest way to depopulate the planet, won't it now? You know, right? For, For sure. Florida Citizens Alliance.org, a tremendous, tremendous organization with skill sets. And on the front lines, as you hear this conversation here, there are so many things they are out in front of to protect families, the family values, um, which is really something that it, the moral decay of our country is really the problem here. It's, it is moral decay. We are rotten out from the inside out. And uh, so I applaud all the work here being done at the Florida Citizens Alliance. And um, tremendous thank you, my fellow Americans, and to our friends around the globe. What a tremendous viewpoint again. Big thank you to Evangelist Alveda King. Uh, and uh, Yuri Boycheko from Ukraine, and all that's happening there. Keith Flaw, Pastor Rick Stevens here as well. Help us now get the out loud truth out there as this goes to podcast Sunday afternoon, just around three o'clock in the afternoon. Remember, it's time to get involved and get loud.